Welcome to ICP with We. In the name of exploring caves, swimming in a lake, and hanging off of tall buildings, this is our ongoing examination of the Insane Clown Posse. I'm Eric. And I'm Aaron. And today we're reviewing Violet J's 2023 solo album, Bloody Sunday. <laughs> what was that there accent? I, I know that you do the accents, but which <laughs> which accent was that? Uh European. European. Okay. Uh mm-hmm. I wondered if it was significant for some purpose because of the Bloody Sunday massacre in Ireland by British soldiers. Well then it's uh it's a British soldier saying what uh what was going on that day. That's, <laughs> okay. That was my impression. Okay. I'll talk more about sorry, that later. We'll get into Sorry that. to our Irish listeners. <laughs> yeah. No, no no disrespect there. Yeah. Yeah, no no disrespect, but uh I had to hit the dirty little accent for the the intro. I mean, you guys know how it is. Yeah. How is everybody today? Uh, I know that we can't hear your response, but please say out loud how you are, wherever you are. Yeah, wherever you are, just say how you're doing and be honest. You don't have to lie. Yeah, don't be like, oh, I'm good. But like, you're really not that good. Like, tell us, you know, if there was an episode where it's OK to talk about how you're really doing, this is it. Just go for it. Just go for it. Yeah. Again, we're not going to hear it, but just wherever you are, just speak it out loud. And my hope is that it inspires everybody around you, if you're around other people, to start doing the same. I hope that on the day that this episode comes out, it starts a worldwide pandemic of people speaking their feelings aloud. Is that a pandemic or is it a revolution? I mean, it depends on how people are doing. If, if, if everybody's doing pretty fucking shitty, it might be a pandemic. It might be a revolemic. A revolemic. Yeah. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Eric. Yes. We have stuff and things to talk about today. We do. One of the stuff and things I want to talk about is that I want to say that I'm very glad we didn't do a first listen and react for this album. We discussed it and it didn't happen, but Correct. I think it would have been a mistake because I think far more than most of the other albums we've reviewed, it took me multiple listens before I was able to really understand how to think and feel about this album. And even now, I'm not really sure I fully know how to process and reconcile my feelings about it. And because of that, I think this is going to be kind of a strange review, but I'm I'm glad we didn't do it. Even if we didn't hit the, oh, this is a new thing and we're getting people that just happen to be looking for the album. Like, yeah, it might not have as many listens, but I think it would have been a mistake to do that and leave it sitting out there for two weeks. Agreed. I'm very happy to hear that you've had a similar experience in, in listening as I have. There's so many songs on this album that I, while listening, thinking, Holy fuck, I cannot wait to hear how Eric feels about this song and maybe his explanation will help me understand and feel my feelings and thoughts about this song. Oh, you know what I mean? Like we're going on a journey it, together then because I have had the same feelings about together. you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. No, I, I think that we're going it's mutual and I think that this is going to be a very interesting review because yeah. my final thoughts are a little bit of a question mark still. And I, I listened to this three times. Okay. So my final thoughts, and I listened probably four times or more fragments, like full listens, right. probably three or four, but going back to things here and there. Uh, but my final thoughts, I think are sort of end on a, 
statement on a, a not a question mark. So maybe I don't know if mine will answer yours. That would be good. I don't I don't feel like I have question marks as much as I have uh statements that I still want to figure out myself. Yeah. I've I've no. yeah. mostly avoided this album. He released five singles ahead of it. I heard the first one or two and then stopped there and went, okay, I'm not listening because I know we're going to review it. And I haven't looked at anything about it. I've tried to avoid, in even in the Discord, for the most part, people relegated their conversations to spoiler alert, you know, and so we didn't see that stuff. But I have seen people talk about it, and it ranges from – love or like to strong dislike <laughs> there is no right. general consensus although that's common for icp stuff in the modern era i think yeah I, I think in the in the 2020s icp that's very common even yeah. even maybe a little earlier than that but yeah awesome yeah this this is exciting i i'm glad that you feel the same way as me because i feel like this is going to make for an interesting journey of an episode but yeah. you're right i i haven't uh obviously i listened to uh, a couple of the singles that yeah. first came out but then once it came clear like okay hold on we need to i need to not listen to any more of this shit because we're just going to review it eventually so i was same same with me and uh I kind of I, I didn't look at any sort of spoilers or anything. Even, no. You're right in the discord. Everybody was very great about using the spoilers channel. So we thank you for that. Yeah, uh, because nothing has really colored my view of this. I went in very fresh. Same, same. Aside from seeing very like high level, a couple of people say I listened to it and felt this or like right. whatever. That's it. And right. those were just in passing, no conversations. So And those I, are unavoidable. I, yeah, I went into this about as unaffected as I could be. Hell yes. <laughs> For somebody who has spent the last few years of their life focused purely on reviewing ICP's music. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah, yeah. As as unaffected as two people uh who are this ingrained in yes. <laughs> ICP's review lore. Yeah. Eric, we have a lot of facts to go over here. We do. Um, and a lot of information before we can get into this review. And I'm excited to hear what you've compiled for us. And yeah. let me tell you, just skimming through this, it's wild that most of this is going to be a, oh, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Even as I was doing We've the research for it, I was kind of going, oh, yeah. oh, wow. OK, yeah, that's how it happened. Yeah. Your research was was partial recollection yes. on, on this one. Yeah. Uh, perfect. What do you have for us uh, on Bloody Sunday? Well, the first thing I want to do is to help set the stage. Let's talk about Jay's life over the past couple of years. And this is not only violent Jay's life, but also Joe Bruce's life when I think it's significant to state both of those things. Right. Of so course. violent Jay's most recent solo release was a song called Walking Home Monday, which released in August of 2021 and was meant to be the first in a series that would make an album of days, right? Uh, yes. That was in August of 2021. Then ICP released their most recent full length, Yum Yum Bedlam, which came out on Halloween of 2021 after a very troubled production and multiple delays. They basically scrapped the album and started over or changed directions. Uh, so that came out. Now, two months before that album's release, also in August at the Gathering of the Juggalos, Violent J announced that he was dealing or diagnosed with AFib, which is a very serious heart issue. And because of this, he was going to retire from touring 
And ICP announced that there was going to be a farewell tour. Now, they would still play shows, but not tour anymore. Now, that tour hasn't been spoken of since, but they also haven't toured since then. Now, Mm -hmm. in October, right before Yum Yum Bedlam came out, Jay also revealed that he had entered a drug rehabilitation facility in September, I think. So it was it came out after the fact, you know, he a month or two in kind of had done some interviews and stuff, Uh, but he was trying to get help to recover from an addiction to oxycodone in November, just a couple weeks after that pictures of Jay with a woman that we hadn't seen him with before started to circulate. And it turns out it was his new girlfriend, Lainey Chantal, who is a special effects makeup artist that he had met in LA. Now in February of 22, the EP Wicked Vic was released at Juggalo Weekend to follow up Yum Yum Bedlam. In April of 2022, Joe Bruce and Violet J turned 50. In August of 2022, at The Gathering, the Pug Ugly EP was released. Also, Jay drove past Eric and Aaron from ICP with We in a golf cart up on the hill in front of the main stage. And then Whoa. Aaron joined him on stage for Fago Armageddon. Whoa. And by the way, he he has all this in his mental memory as well. Right, he knows right, all right. of this. Right, right, right. All of that is there. So it's it's been a, a, a last couple of years of a lot going on. Oh, yeah. Action packed. Action, action in packed. career and in life. Right. Mila Jane, Joe Bruce. Yeah. Going through personal turmoil with uh, drug addiction and turning 50 and uh, starting a new relationship. Highs and lows, peaks and valleys. You know, it's an emotional thing. So this album, this is Violent J's fourth solo outing. If you don't count Walking Home, it follows 2003's. Wizard of the Hoodie P, 2009's The Shining album, and 2019's Brother EP. Just a fun fact, this was almost his fifth solo album, maybe sixth. In December of 2015, when the Phantom Extra Spooky Edition came out, it included an ad, actually two-page, it was a spread. One side was Shaggy Two Dopes, Fuck the Fuck Off Motherfucker, with a release date of 2016, and the other one was an album for Violent J's solo Karma Forest album, which said mm. it was going to be a crazy compilation of brand new enlightening flavor. Now, as of yet, this album never released, but in early 2017, Jay said he was working with multiple producers on an album of all uplifting and positive songs, which he likened to the Marvelous Missing Link found album, tonally at least. And at the end of 2017, he said, well, Fearless Red Fury kind of cut in line. Karma Forest is going to have to wait. By 2018, he basically said, I'm focused on other things. I don't know when I'm going to get back to working on Karma Forest. But then in 2019, we got the Brother EP. So I don't know if stuff from that made it on, but we did have at least one super positive song with Best Friend on there. So I wonder if maybe he didn't get very far into Karma Forest or if those songs got scrapped or what happened. But This was almost another one. There were also other solo albums that were announced but didn't materialize, including Walking Home, of which we've heard the first single Monday, and possibly something called American Life or American Lives. Now, when I saw this, for some reason, this is 
listed on Wikipedia, but I can't find anything anywhere to verify it. But it sounds familiar. I think I read about it or heard about it somewhere at some point mentioned mm. offhand. And I can't help but wonder if it's in reference or connected to the song Walk On By from Forgotten Freshness 6, which was originally recorded for The Tempest, where he talks about walking across America by foot and all the bad things that happen. And I feel like around that time, there was some kind of conversation about he was going to make that concept into an album. I could be wrong. If anybody listening knows what this is, or if I'm crazy, please let us know. Please let us know. All right. But that's enough about the stuff that didn't happen. Let's get to Bloody Sunday and what has happened. And there's a lot to cover because even though this was announced and then released in a fairly short amount of time, there were a lot of events to get there. So on August 17th, 2022, less than two weeks after the gathering of the Juggalos, ICP announced their annual Halloween show, sort of. It wasn't called Halloween, it was called Bloody Sunday, and it was going to take place on Devil's Night, Sunday, October 30th, 2022. There was a flyer for it. It was all black and red imagery featuring three crosses, and there was old English font, and it was very reminiscent of something that you might associate with Dark Lotus aesthetically. Uh, it featured the phrases, walk into the darkness at the top, which is obviously a reference to the opening song from Hell's Pit. And it read, Insane Clown Posse presents a celebration of the macabre Bloody Sunday. And it also said, a night of ICP performing their absolute darkest, most rancid and vile music. If you dare, come dressed in all black for a very special gift. It also said, free gift strictly enforced. There's <laughs> a picture right. of it there if you want to see it, but... So about two weeks later, they announced that a second show was going to be added and noted that these shows are not for the faint of heart and there will be no Fago spraying from the stage that night, only blood. Now, that second show, people were at the time speculating, is it going to be the next day? Is that second show the Hallow Wicked show? What's it going to be? Turns out they did two that same day. They did a matinee show and an evening show. They also announced support for this show provided by Dana Dentata and Scythe Gang 666, who also performed at the gathering and a band called Raven Black, who I looked up and the pictures are kind of wild. I don't think that person group duo performed at the gathering, but that's what mm. that looked like. Now, a week after that second show was announced, they also announced an actual official Halloween show for the following night, Monday. Now, that show was going to be hosted by Clown Vis and featured support from Fat Nick, Ouija Mac, Horror, and Mikey Clark, as well as a JCW electrified cage match and the world's most dangerous stunt show, all of whom also performed or were featured at the gathering. These two yeah. events, if you went to them, was sort of a regathering of the gathering for the year. Right. All right. So people who attended the Bloody Sunday show, either one, the matinee or the evening show, and they dressed in all black, got a free CD single called A Harrowing Time. It came in this sort of distressed red paper sleeve with three small crosses on the back in black. And the front said A Harrowing Time, taken from the upcoming Violent J solo album, Bloody Sunday, available Black Friday, and then in Roman numerals, gave the date 11-25-2022. Now, if you went to the Hallow Wicked show the next night, you got a different free CD single called Something's In My Room. Now, the back of that one also read Something's In My Room, taken from the upcoming Violent J solo album, Bloody Sunday, available Black Friday, but in standard Arabic numerals, 11-25-22. 
So when it was originally announced, I remember Jay saying, basically stating, this is going to be a whole album of dark, wicked shit. There's there's no uplifting, fun stuff on here. Kind of the opposite of what Karma Forest was supposed to be. Right. Now, uh, I want to talk about this with as much uh, sincerity and, and sensitivity as I can. I know we do we do a fun show, but unfortunately, the events that followed that Hallow Wicked show ended quite tragically. Violet J's on again, off again girlfriend. Uh, apparently, they had been together for about a year and a half at some point in there. I, I feel like we had heard that they weren't together, but I guess they were. But his girlfriend, Lainey Chantal, who we talked about earlier, attended the show. But after the show that night went missing, I remember in the day or two after we were seeing people even posting in our discord, like, hey, if you've seen her, you know, they, yeah, if they anybody were... has info, like, right. So a few days later, I believe it was the night of November 4th. Um, I think most people heard about it on the 5th is where most of the stories came out and stuff. But her family basically issued a statement that sadly, although she had been found, she had died of an accidental drug overdose on Halloween night. She was not with Jay. She was with a friend somewhere. And uh, we saw something about the fact that it was she she was using prescribed medications and it interacted with something else something like that but mm. it clearly had a very deep effect on jay uh, a, a, about a week later on instagram he posted laney was my angel faced miracle i feel completely dead inside without her i feel like 75% of what was good in my life right now was just ripped from me and stolen forever on halloween night so to pretty much nobody's surprise Black Friday came and went with no album drop and no real word from Jay or Psychopathic. Of course. Uh, yeah. It wasn't until early January that we really heard from Jay again. And on January 8th, he posted that Bloody Sunday is going to drop on Juggalo Weekend. Then on January 23rd, he announced that a third single was going to drop on all streaming platforms. And four days later on the 27th, it did. The song was called Some Good Pussy. And it featured controversial cover art of Jay dressed in women's clothes, seeing himself in the mirror as a beautiful woman. Now, if you bought the physical version of the CD from the Psychopathic Vault, it featured yet another song from Bloody Sunday called In the Hole, which was and still is, if you look at the website, listed as a brand new and exclusive B-side single on the listing for that physical CD. Now, huh. obviously, it's not exclusive or a B-side because it is on the actual album. But leading up to, it seemed that people thought the only way you could hear the song was to get that CD. Uh, and if you really love the cover art of that CD, you can buy a shirt with that cover art image on it right now. If you feel yeah, so or if you know your podcast co-host, you that you know him so well that you know he would love mm. that shirt. He's just too shy to buy it himself. You can buy it for him, right? You can just get it shipped directly to his house. Yeah, there, you could, you could so, do that. By the way, Eric, are you dropping you me a hint? Check your mail. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you were dropping a hint because you wanted to get something in the mail. Oh no, no, I was saying check your mail, big guy. Oh, all right, let's go. <laughs> so. On February 1st, Jay announced another single would drop on the 3rd. This one was called Clown Blood, 
And then on February 7th, it was announced that Bloody Sunday would release on Juggalo Day Friday, February 17th, 2023. The announcement featured a a gory rip image of the game Operation with uh, realistic organs and bones and stuff showing, as well as our first image of the album cover. This is the first time that we saw it. Now, on February 15th, Bloody Sunday went up for pre-order on psychopathicvault.com. The physical version was limited to 2,500 and included a 24-page booklet, and it came in a special leather collectible box for $50. We can confirm, Mike actually bought one, it does not come with anything extra. The only way to get a physical CD was to buy this $50 version in the box, but it comes in a collectible box with a CD in it. That's what it is. I've heard the box was pretty low quality. I I don't know. I haven't heard anything about that. There's pictures of it on Discogs. I've seen people post pictures of it in the Mm. Discord. It might be. I, I would yeah, I'm not. So. I, I've seen pictures and and I've seen some conversations in the Discord, and I think some people were saying we're talking about the box quality. I can't remember what came mm-hmm. of it, but fuck it, let's let's get into it ourselves and and look at this album cover. Yeah, why so not? the album did release. There was no yes. Juggalo Weekend event this year, but it did indeed drop on the 17th, which brings us to today, which was like just over two weeks ago, right? Right. So, yeah, that was recent we can now look at it and listen to it hell yes let's look at it starting with the album cover mm-hmm. i i fuck with it a lot i think this is really cool i fuck with um, it big time i think the design on this is, is insane i love the fact that violent J is hidden in there too like that's- did you did you just see that or did you know that it was pointed out in the discord and i That's how I know. Okay, I didn't see that or hear anything about it. I took notes on it because as I was looking at it this morning, I went, holy shit, that's Violent J in the upper left corner there. He's even got his tattoos on his arm and everything like, yeah, it's definitely him. It's funny because like if I looked at this, I I wouldn't immediately know. And you're not supposed to immediately know. Right. But once you see it, it sticks out and you're like, okay, that's obviously Violent, Violent J sticks out like a sore thumb. Because uh, even like the the faces, uh, they aren't as detailed and they're almost some of them are in a different illustration style, uh, more sketched out than than his is. His is more detailed. Yeah, this this whole album cover is just cool as fuck to me. It It's kind of what I would expect a new Lotus album to look like that tangle of bodies. And then like, yeah, at, at first I didn't realize in the corner, like I just looked at it quickly and I'm like, oh, it's flies creating that black corner yeah. of the album and i was like god damn that's cool even with the crosses gives me very lotus vibes of course and yeah. simple copy with that title in a sort of distressed almost old english style like i love this design and layout so much so that i'd be stoked to have this for any album that i've worked on <laughs> for any type of music same same it, it's yeah. so good it's so and imagine this being a lotus cover with all of their faces on the bodies i'd be so fucking sick yeah it's also yeah, yeah. strange that like especially if you look in the lower left corner and some of the other ones it almost looks like some of the faces are smiling and i don't know if that's weird or makes it even creepier yeah definitely like that that woman in the in the lower left area yeah. Yeah, she definitely looks like she's enjoying being a pile of dead bodies. When I first saw this, I figured, oh, they grabbed this existing art from somewhere. But I seeing 
Joe Bruce in there, not even Violent J. That is makeup free. Yeah. That is the that is the man behind the paint. Makes me realize that they probably commissioned somebody to create this. You can see a little uh, artist signature down in the left corner. Yeah, uh, man, like this. This is for for any of the bad album covers that we've talked about from this camp. This one makes up for it by being. Just this one blows just, everything. Yeah, yeah just yeah. rad. Even the back cover with that sort of skull coming out of I know the wall with the crosses. Seal. Yeah, and the wax seal. Like everything about it looks sick. There's a picture of him inside that's just a silhouette with the three crosses and the splatter and distress. Like, yeah, this whole I'm, layout yeah, I'm, I'm and everything. I'm through everything else. Like this is. Yeah, this is awesome. It is awesome. It's really good. Okay, that box. I thought it came in like a. Uh, Maybe I'm on. Uh, maybe I was talking about something else. Maybe I was talking out of turn. But this box does look pretty nice. Yeah, it looks cool. It would be worth fifty dollars, I guess. The embossed crosses on the. It depends on. Yeah. I, I feel like for fifty, it would come with a special something extra. I don't know. I mean, box in a CD. Maybe it's fifty yeah. bucks. I don't know. Plus shipping. I don't know. But also, I, I suppose this is as good a place to talk about this as any. But there's no real explanation for the significance of the title Bloody Sunday. And we joked about it before, but I was like, was there supposed to be a connection to Walking Home, which started on Monday? Was it going to end with Sunday? Right. Uh, was this supposed to be some kind of answer to Shaggy's solo album, Gloomy Sunday, in some way? Given Jay's penchant for covering or reimagining popular 80s songs, I initially expected to hear some sort of cover or reimagining of the U2 song, Sunday, Bloody Sunday. But we didn't get any sort of explanation. It didn't connect to any of those things or any other like you don't see it in the art or any in the I mean, we don't see the whole booklet. It says there's 24 pages. I haven't seen the whole thing, uh, but musically, we don't get it. And I don't know. I, I know you two's song is in reference to the killing of civil rights protesters in Northern Ireland by British troops that were currently occupying that area. A lot of those people were shot. Some were beaten to death. Others were run down in vehicles. That was in like 1972. And then in the early 80s, you know, that song got popular. But I also didn't know this. The term Bloody Sunday can refer to more than 20 other historically significant instances of violence and mass killings, all but two of which occurred prior to that 1972 massacre in Northern Ireland, and three of which actually happened in Ireland before the one that we mostly know about. Uh, if you want to learn more, take a look at the Bloody Sunday disambiguation on Wikipedia. But yeah, I, I was like, what is he going to connect this to? And there's no real reasoning for the title that we hear, aside from the title song, which also doesn't explain to you why Sunday. Yeah, I was going to get into that. I'm glad we're getting into it. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I, where do I talk about the title of the album? I, yeah, it, because it's I was thinking about tossing that in with final thoughts because it's never really mentioned. Like, it's never. Yeah, there's why. What is there's a whole song about it, but it all feels uh, sort of, I don't know, random. Like, uh, yeah, I think this, it was a it Sunday. Like, oh, OK. It just doesn't. There's no significance to it. The title track doesn't explain why the title is the title yeah right it, it it doesn't do that uh well okay anyway why don't we get into track by track it's that time let's do it it's that time we're gonna start with the intro eric what are your thoughts 
Man, I think this intro is dope. Uh, when it started out, it gave me big Wretched vibes. And you know, I, I loved Wretched. I know that <laughs> apparently other people didn't. I love that track. I think it's awesome. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm here for it. But it takes such a dark turn when it gets to the second half of the track. Because the, the first half, it's just Jay kind of talking about violent, gory things. But the second half, when he kind of starts singing and he says... I don't want to be alive anymore. And it, his voice sounds very fragile there. And he follows it up with things like, I want to hear burnt and charred angels sing. I'm coming up on short on reasons to care. I want to be gutted right here. It felt scary and sad in a way that kind of made me hope people are checking in on him. I know he's good at, yeah. at doing you know, characters and painting pictures, but there were moments even just in this intro track where I was like, oh, buddy, this hurts. So it's a cool track, but a weird thing to listen to. What did you think? Yeah. So I think that uh, the beat is super solid. I think his singing towards the end just really kind of guts you like a fish. And it makes you feel like, ooh, should I be listening to his inner thoughts right now? This whole album feels that way at times. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. Um, but you're right. The first verse, it kind of starts up off with just kind of scary stuff. Uh, but that outro, that's when it really kind of shifts and and makes you a little bit uncomfortable. And you're right to think like, hey, I hope somebody's saying like, yo, Joe, how how you doing today? What's yeah. going on? Yeah. You know, you know I, I, tonally, the singing is a little off at times, but I also think it's that was a, a specific artistic choice as well because of the things that he was saying. I want to have black gargoyle wings. I mean, you, you called out m- most of the best lines, of course, but. Uh, yeah, I, I think that this was a good intro that was a little bit uncomfortable to listen to yeah. uh, towards the end because it felt intrusive. <laughs> you know, and you you mentioned that the singing feeling a little off was an artistic choice. And I don't know if it is, but I think even if it wasn't intentional and this is just the best he could do or how it came out. I think it adds like I think there there is a level of he wanted it to feel a little out of control. Um, but I, I think whatever parts of it he could um, artistically influence and whatever parts are just this is where my voice is right now. I think it all added to the feeling of that song. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to track two, the title track, Bloody Sunday. What did you think of Bloody Sunday? I believe it was a Sunday, and that's as much connection yes. to Bloody Sunday as we're getting. Uh, he's not even positive. Uh, yeah, he's not even 100% sure this was a Sunday. Now, we go through this song, and you hear a bunch of fu- like really fucked up, like super fucked up stuff, right, yeah. uh, happening. Not just gory and like murderous, but just uncomfortable and fucked up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on Bloody Sunday, Stewie's girl, little girl went missing. They found her headless, placed in a sexual position. Fucked up stuff. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um, and, and it's a bunch of stuff that happened on a Sunday. And then the chorus blasts into on Bloody Sunday, the blood red doves fly and blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't like tie into like, why is all of this stuff happening on a specific Sunday? What's the overarching theme of this Sunday? It just sounds like so, a bunch of random things happening on a Sunday. You know what I mean? I'm thinking about this as we talk, and I wonder why there are so many historical events called Bloody Sunday. And 
somewhere maybe I'm trying to make this connection here is that it's not about it so much being a specific day as it is that Sunday is supposed to be a holy day, a peaceful day, a day of rest, things like that. And when that peace or holiness is disrupted by violence, it's a it's a more stark juxtaposition, right? Uh, right? There are massacres that have happened every day of the week, but you don't hear bloody Tuesday, bloody Wednesday, bloody Thursday, you know, nearly as, yeah. as much as bloody Sunday sticks out in your head. And I think with the crosses and all of that stuff, maybe Jay is just leaning into that concept. I, th- I like your thought process there. I love that. And I hope that that's what it is. What I want him to do, though, then, if that's the case, is to to add in the juxtaposition of the holiness of Sunday tied in with all this stuff. Right. He, he gets close in this song in a couple of lines. So obviously we've heard similarly formatted songs and theme songs from them in the past. This has big hell's pit energy to me when you listen to some of those songs. But the line I'm specifically talking about is it almost references walk into the darkness a little bit because they talk about, I guess, committing acts of violence in a church against the choir and stuff like that. And Shaggy has that line about as they ran out, I batted their heads like I was Mark McGuire. But in this song. He talks about setting a choir on fire at a church and throwing a Molotov and demolishing the pews there. That's as close as we get to correlating Sunday with church or holiness, things like that. I think that's about as close uh, as we yeah, get. Yeah, I think on uh, on verse three, just giving the lyrics real fast here on verse three, talking about uh, then on Bloody Sunday, she left the whiskey throated preacher man. I mean, he, he taught you're right he does tie in religion yeah. I, I i think i would have liked to have it pointed more maybe as structured as like okay first half of of the verse you talk about the beauty of sunday the last half of the verse you talk about it being you know what happened to make it all fucked up and be a bloody sunday yeah maybe first I, I don't know if i need it completely spelled out for me but i i don't know that it felt like it was purposeful like there's almost a bit of uh, I just liked the term Bloody Sunday. I thought that was cool. But I don't think even this song doesn't really put that title to 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 great use and going. Here's why it's a Bloody Sunday, you know. Uh, right. No, it wasn't yeah. purposeful. I don't think it's a cool all. song, I though. I like the song. Uh, I think the beat. Yeah, yeah. Just like sonically wise. I think the beat is great. This one was produced by Brian Kuma, which Where did you uh, see producer info. I couldn't find it. Oh, it, these, is it on uh, Genius? The, on the credits of Genius. Yeah, oh, Devereaux okay. produced uh, the intro, by the way. Okay. And, and i big fan of that, by the way. That was a good one. Devereaux um, and Kuma producing doesn't shock me because this whole album has vibes of, you know, Yum Yum era to it. And knowing that they're yeah. involved doesn't shock me. But yeah. 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 No, I think this song was, was pretty cool, although it, it needed a little bit more purpose. I think. Yeah, I think so, too. In order to tie tie in the Bloody Sunday theming. There were were a few other things that I thought were interesting here. I especially liked his reference to Guts on the Ceiling, which takes it all the way back to Carnival of Carnage. That was kind of a cool mention there. I do feel like the song goes on one verse longer than it probably needs to, because we're as we're getting close to the four minute mark, it feels like the song is naturally concluding and then it jumps back in for another verse and you're like, oh, wait, what's going on here? I'm also not super angry about it because there's something about the droning and dragging feel of this song about 
a bloody Sunday that never ends and time moving slow, it kind of lends itself to a song that drags out a bit. That would be my only complaint, but not also a complaint about the song. But yeah, Bloody Sunday, decent, yeah. cool track. A little sli- slightly too long, I would agree, but it ain't going to be the first time I say that on this album. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Let's uh let's go ahead and move on to yeah, there's there's one song particularly later on that is about four minutes in the exact track length too long. Yeah, I know um, which one. But uh let's 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 get that to that when we get there. We'll move on to track three now, and that is Clown Blood. Hmm. Eric, what are your thoughts? I feel like this is a song that would be right at home on Yum Yum or one of the following Seeds EPs. If you had let me listen to just this song and you didn't tell me, like, I didn't know that this album was coming or anything. And you're just like, hey, here's the first single from Woe the Weeping Weirdo. I would have not doubted it for a second. I would have been like, yep, that sounds about right to me. It's another slow beat, but this one adds in some crunchy guitars and some siren effects that really add some impact and set it apart from the previous track. Because when it first starts, I'm like, is this just the same beat? They kind of flow together. Uh, This is another song where I don't think it necessarily needed a third verse, especially because the third verse is where this song goes off the rails. This is a song about (laughs) being a clown at the core of your being. You know, my my blood is clown. My skin is clown. You know, I'm I'm a clown. But he's he's looking to get slapped by Will Smith in the third verse here because he's taken shots at Jada Pinkett for being bald. Then he spends the entire rest of the verse comparing his dick to yours, telling you how weak yours is and how amazing his is. And then ending with promising to slap you after he fucks your girl. Now, I don't know if he's talking directly to Will Smith or not, but I was like, man, is this a is this a Fresh Prince ICP beef? Is that what's going on here? Someone call Carlton. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think this is an OK track. Uh, you know, this is probably placed correctly on the album at three. This this works. What did you think? Uh, yeah, a lot of similar thoughts. First of all, if somebody were to put this song down in front of me, not tell me where it was coming from, uh, not telling me that this album even existed, uh, I would say, yeah, this is this is, you know, yum, yum era. Yeah. ICP. Yeah. Right. But Violent J. And if I were to want to show somebody yum, yum era, Violent J, I wouldn't be opposed to just pulling up this song. Yeah, it because works. it's pretty spot on. It works. Yeah. Yeah. The the. <laughs> Verse three, verse three, just a few things on it. Yes, it does start off with a Jada diss, but he also he rhymes bitch with bitch five times (laughs) in three lines because it rhymes. Okay, four times in three lines. He rhymes bitch with itself in four like four times. No, there's another. Well, it's not in a rhyme scheme, but there's another bitch after that. And then it goes into basically a cover of the song my dick by mickey mickey avalon if you remember that or ever <laughs> my heard dick that. my dick talking yeah. about my dick my dick. not quite <laughs> you're thinking of frankie avalon idiot and that's not even his song it's the temptations that's not the song um, <laughs> that's not the song no if you haven't heard it i will i will send it to you but i haven't sent it to me but that would it's, be a better song. Oh, yeah. No, that would be that would be a better song. Um, basically, this is just an entire song of what Jay does in verse three it is basically all you need to know. My dick is like super size. Yo dick look like two fries. My dick more 
And it was super funny in middle school when I discovered it. And then I hadn't thought about it in 15 years. And now here it is. I'm thinking about it again because of this. Oh, it's exactly this. Yeah, no, it's exactly this. Yeah, it's exactly this. I, I think that the chorus is is just OK. I don't hate it. It's fine. I like this. So I, th- I think it's good. I think this was you're right. The perfect track three. Yeah, I think so, too. Well, let's move on to track four. Will it be the perfect track four? This is a song called In the Hole, which was initially on our Songs We Still Missed Volume 2, but got removed because the album dropped and we found out it was still on there. So you might have heard this one previously. What are your thoughts on this one? This is good. So the vibe slows way the fuck back down after Clown Blood uh, when we hit In the Hole. And uh, at first, this was one of those songs I was really unsure of. And I think I might still be a little unsure of, but it's it came around to, on me every time I listened to it. I think listening to it in the context of the album fully s- serves this song well. And I think that's a comment on a lot of the songs on this album. Yeah. There's not really anything on here that I could just pull out and just bop. I literally uh, have this note at the end when I had to choose favorite songs. I have that same note. But anyway, we'll get. To yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that later. But this is this is one of the uh, one of those songs that uh, it heavily relies, I feel like, on the concept of the album and the vibe of the rest of the album. It's just talking about being down in this hole. Uh, you'll be suffered down in this hole. You'll be ravaged. The time is frozen still. I mean, clearly this is this is talking and has a lot of parallels with hell, basically, uh, is is, you know, you're going to be in agony. You're going to get gagged and beat and shit like that. It's a dark song. And I think he plays it pretty well. I just I, I it, it, this was another one that made me feel weird the first two times I listened to it until I finally started I guess, really getting comfortable and and sinking into it in the hole, if you will. What are your thoughts? For me, it took me multiple listens before I understood this song at all. Uh, Not that I didn't like it. I just on the surface, if you're just hearing it and you're not really hearing it, it just feels like a dark, depressing song. And it would be fine. It would be forgettable in that way. But if you pay attention to the lyrics this is a very Hell's Pit track in the sense mm-hmm. that it's it's that classic ICP song about don't be a piece of shit because if you are, you're going to pay for it. This song gives endless instances about do you prey on the weak? Do you disregard people's feelings? Do you lie? Do you laugh at others' misfortune? Are you disloyal? Are you abusive? Do you hate people for being different? Well, if so, you're going to be pulled down into the hole where you suffer for eternity. I love to hear Jay going back to this concept. Early on, we heard this this type of thing a lot. It gave purpose. It, it was at the core of what is ICP. It's about trying to be a good person. Oh yeah, it, it was a it was an ICP slash Juggalo core value, right? In the and like way back then, it, it's it's really taken a backseat or almost completely gone away in a lot of songs. I I think things changed once. The Wraith came out and they kind of said, hey, here's here's the meaning behind our message. And they kind of went, good, you know the message now. Now we don't have to put that in our music as much anymore. And so you a lot of those messages about 
not being a shitty person and not being bad to other people. Really, that's the core of it. It's don't treat other people badly. Don't be a piece of shit. A lot of that stuff either became superfluous or just disappeared. So when it yeah. does come back up, especially in a song where it's so direct in it, it makes me reminisce about, oh, that's that's what I loved about them back then. Not that I don't like a lot of the new stuff I do, but when it when when I listened to the song and paid attention to it, I went, okay, that's fucking cool. So I didn't love the song just from listening to it, but I do love to hear Jay delivering this message in this way. I feel like it's been a long time since we heard some shit like that. Oh, yeah, so. uh, absolutely. Good thoughts. Well, let's move on then to the next track. Uh, it's called Pitch Dark. What are your thoughts? So this one, I think, until the end, isn't as deep and meaningful. Uh, mm -hmm. Much uh, actually, unlike some of the previous songs that I said, this didn't need a third verse. I think the third verse is the one that brings context to this song, because the whole thing is just about dark and black and everything is about being dark and black. But in that third verse. He he talks about standing out and being different and being something part of something bigger and being scarier, which feels like a, kind of a reference to their community, you know, lets me know that I'm loved and, you know, you don't even know we're here until you find out and then you're afraid of us. I actually I think that kind of works and it's not as obvious and direct as some of the other here's our community, here's where we belong stuff. Uh, uh -huh. I actually, I also really like the hook on this one. And I couldn't help, but when I listened to this, there was a part of it that just went, this sounds like a Dark Lotus song to me. Like I can almost hear all the other voices in here, especially in that hook at times. And there's also one passage in here that I want to point out where he says, goth chick with jet black kitty cat tat. And black hair, I'm going to grip when I rip that. Pitch black is the voodoo we going to do, boo. Me and you, boom, boom, into the beat. And I was like, man, who could want anything more than that? That's all you, I mean, really, like you just, you just described the dream, man. You got it. So the yeah, song is Blue okay. American dream, baby. Yeah. I don't have anything to specifically hate here. I don't love this song. It's okay. What did you think? Uh, I feel like this song serves as a great beat pick me up after yeah. uh, in the hole. Lighten it up a little. Yeah, lightens it up a little bit. But other than that, I think this song is pretty forgettable. There's not any deep meaning uh, in here. Uh, you pulled a lot of stuff from verse three that that I had not really made the parallels or, or I guess, uh, made the analysis for. So I, I thank you for that. When I go back and listen, I will, I will be listening for uh, some of that stuff as well. But yeah, I think that this song... He does some weird stuff with the with the flows in the, in the beat, but it's it keeps it interesting enough sonically to be different from in the hole and to, and to pick you back up and into something slightly lighter after mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that that is the only purpose of this song. I don't really see anything deeper outside of that, and, and it does its job fine. No, and um, this is also somewhat significant because it's I think. I think the only song where he mentions another one of his crew, we get a jump steady mention in this. No point in this album does he talk about Shaggy or anybody else really True. at all. This is the only place that, that we, we see that. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. 
And they're also, I'll spoiler alert, there's not a single feature or backup voice or a, additional like, you know, incidental voices, nothing, nowhere on this album. And it it adds a, a certain, well, actually, let's just go to track six and let's talk about this. Uh, track six is a song called No Friends. What are your thoughts? I think to finish your sentence, it adds a certain isolation. I think it does. And I think that going into No Friends and, and talking about his days spending alone, drinking alone and shooting the shit with his own reflection, this song kind of depressing as fuck. Yeah. But also the word took in takes me out of this entire goddamn song. I fucking hate it so much. It's not like nails on a goddamn chalkboard, but we'll, we'll get past that. It's a Jayism, um, uh, you know, like yeah. what he says, suffocate earlier on the album. It's it's a Jayism. And in this song, I actually feel like it it's endearing a little bit in the sense that it just feels genuinely him. I don't know. I've in my head, I've rewritten that verse. I've rewritten that line like half a dozen times to to include another word that would rhyme with look in that is correct. But it, we won't get into that. Yes, uh, uh, it is a Jayism. That is a good point. His singing is on point in this song. I think that this song is is uh, is pretty, pretty fucking beautiful when it comes to the singing. Uh, the guitars kind of kick in and, and they're not overpowering or horrible i think they use the guitars in this beat in a tasteful way but this song is it, it feels like it's about isolate you know he, he feels isolated it makes you feel isolated listening to it and it makes you feel how he feels god i can't i don't do we have any uh, idea of when he wrote this song or when this was you know all these songs were were being worked on no, I don't know. I I don't know if this uh, if changes were made after the initial release was announced and then it was delayed. I assume that there were changes made or additional songs recorded or something. This could have been from any point, though. I, I don't know when it was recorded. It just it feels it feels it, it kind of feels post Laney uh, at times. I think it's easy to for your brain to go there. And that it, might be true. And it might not yeah. be true. I don't know. That's the thing. I don't want to say, oh, he absolutely wrote because you're right after it's easy to take something that he's already written and apply a new meaning and context to it after new things have happened. Right. Yeah. I don't want to say for sure, but but it it, it kind of my mind went there. You know, it, yeah. I can't deny that my mind went there again. This is a song I would never just isolate out of this album, I think, and jam. But I can't deny that this song, you know, is is a really solid song about being alone i hated it at first but it, i came around on this one what are your thoughts yeah i i think this is probably the saddest icp song i've ever heard <laughs> uh, <laughs> it might be one of the saddest songs i've heard in general i think musically it's it's melancholy and beautiful and lyrically it's almost hard to listen to and it captures the feeling of loneliness and depression in a way that I feel few songs do. This is very transparent. This is very open and vulnerable. The, the hook is, does it matter if I don't even eat anymore? Does it matter if my heart doesn't beat anymore? Does it matter if I wake from my sleep anymore? If a tree falls in the woods and no one sees or hears it, does it fall at all? Like, I, okay, I'll talk about it more about my overall thoughts. Is Jay singing rough here? Yes. You said it's good. I think it's 
it, it, it's challenged, right? It's not. I it, think at the struggles. chorus, I think that it's a little strained, but I, I think that there are some good stuff. You, right. Keep going. But it's rough, yeah. but it does it ruin the song? Absolutely not. I actually think it brings a little more emotion to the song that couldn't be there if his voice was pristine and perfect. In a song about life defeating you, people abandoning you, and truly questioning if it matters if you live or die, and anyone and if anyone would even notice if you did die, hearing the the years and the wear and the exhaustion and the strain in his voice is one of the things that makes the song work to me. This is a person that has dedicated his whole life to creating art with his voice, and there's a level of ironic pain in being able to hear the physical abuse that he's inflicted on his body and voice, right? So yeah. in the end, the song does turn around. He goes from saying, does it matter, to saying, it does matter. I won't let the world bring me down, and the music picks up with those guitars. And it works, but it still feels sad because in a sense, he's being forced to find reasons to keep going on his own, where he clearly stated he has none. Uh, yeah, there's there's just a level of honesty here that feels completely heartbreaking. There's no clown stuff. There's no character. There's no silly violence or anything like that. This is a pretty straightforward song. And yeah, the, I, I, I let Christy listen to this in the car. And the next time we got in the car, she said, please don't turn that on because I can't be that depressed. Play anything yeah, but that album, makes, basically, is what she said. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, uh, let's move on then to the next track, Scatterbrain 2. What are your thoughts? So back in episode 29, and I can't believe it was that long ago because it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. But back in episode 29, we reviewed uh, Eye of the Storm. It was an EP that followed The Tempest. And I don't think either of us really cared for it, but there was one song that so stood out to me that I always go back to it as one of my favorite all-time ICP songs, mm. and it's called Scatterbrain. I, I There was something about it that just worked for me, and it, he, it was Jay doing this really disassociated stream of consciousness lines that don't fit together or make sense just like truly i don't know how your brain got there loved the song i was super stoked to see actually more surprised than anything when i looked at the track list and i was like holy shit there's a sequel to scatterbrain on this album uh now i don't think it's quite as good as the original one and I don't think it's quite as truly random, nonsensical or stream of consciousness as the original, but it's still pretty damn awesome. I, I like that we get a flube reference in there, which we talked about flubes way back. Uh, <laughs> and I, there's one line that always stands out to me, not even a good line, but for some reason, it's the one that I like. I'm listening and I hear it. Puff daddy's feet smell like mint orchids in a garden. Squeeze the BB gun, pop in holes in the titties of Dolly Parton. <laughs> so weird. I will say a lot of the, the verse is still that kind of true gibberish that doesn't make sense. Some of it isn't. Some of it is a line that logically makes sense with the next line. But the hook is not gibberish. It's actually pretty straightforward and might be less silly than it is real considering how chaotic his life has been over the past couple of years it's all my brains are scattered what the fuck's the matter man everything that matters is in tatters and it's goddamn strange if you haven't felt that even not having gone through what jay did over the past three years 
then I don't know where you've been because that's real. <laughs> I love I love this. I'm a big fan of this course. It's uh, it's it's fucking great. So Scatterbrain 2, I remember Scatterbrain. I remember us even talking about Scatterbrain multiple times since we I've listened, listened to, to it so many times. We've definitely had conversations about this song. I've gone back and listened to it. Not recently for this listen through. I probably should have. But uh, I went back and, and listened to it, have, have listened to it previously since we reviewed it. Uh, it's a good song. It's a great song. This, I feel like, is up there, not quite to the level of the first one, but there's, you're right, there are some really good lines in here, and I think that just that chorus is dope. Yeah, no, big, big agree as far as Scatterbrain 2. Although this is another song I would never just be like, yo, I'm a jam Scatterbrain 2. Maybe. Again, though, everything here works in the context of the album. I just... I don't know if this is a roll down your windows type song. It is a, I don't know. It is a sit in the room and, and listen to type song though. I yeah, guess. Maybe. Yeah. I guess it's not like a, Hey, it's summer. Put the windows down and blast this oh, song. Oh yeah. No, it's, this it's is my song. Definitely not, it's definitely not the summer jam that uh, you would get from. <laughs> it's not the song sort of, of the summer. Sublime no. with Rome songs. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. All right, let's move on to track eight, which is called The Stiff. What did you think about it? This song exists big time. (laughs) It does. This is another song that sounds very 2020s Violent J, but with not a huge distinction uh, outside of that. And I have I have a I have a big problem with this chorus. I feel like at this point he's just using the word fuck just as filler in the <laughs> there's and it, is, it says fuck so many times. There's no way you couldn't have spent another five minutes on this chorus. Maybe Shaggy just, wrote the chorus. And that that could be the case. I know fuck is a big word for them, and that's fine. Fuck is a big word for me. Sure. Trust me. One point back at you. There's three pointing right back at myself. My friend, you know what I'm saying? I love fuck, but I would definitely not have written this course this way. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Uh, it grabbed your attention, though, because you're like, what what the fuck is happening? Yeah, because you're like, all right, did did, or did I drop the fucking ball and fucking fuck up again? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, uh, this song doesn't have a lot of distinction to it. Uh, All three times I've listened, I listened to this song. I really felt my mind wander during listenings uh, to this song because I don't feel a lot. It, all I get, the biggest distinction is the chorus, and, and it's a bad distinction. I, I, <laughs> it's, it feels like a lazier chorus, right? It's yeah. not the fact that he's using the word fuck a lot. It's the fact that he's using it with zero purpose uh, as a filler, which I would have that complaint about any word that you would use like that. Maybe. What are, what are your thoughts on it? So you said this sounds very much like a 2020s Violent J song, and I think audibly it does, but conceptually and lyrically, it does not sound as much modern as it does like classic ICP. Because Mm. to me, this song is I Found a Body Part 2, which was already Part 2 to songs like Dead Body Man and I Didn't Mean to Kill Him. This is a song about finding a dead body behind the dumpster and deciding to make it your friend, but it's decaying and breaking down no matter what you try to do. And 
is this person going to be your friend for life or did you fuck up and now it's a pile of smelly mush that you have to leave under a bush? I don't know if it all comes together. It's not a completely new concept. I mean, I'm talking about it and I can think about exactly how this song sounds and how the chorus goes. So yeah. that is worth something. I guess I, yeah, that's I, worth I don't, uh, something. I don't know what to say about this, but that's it. <laughs> Perfect. Do we want to move on then to track number nine? Let's. All right, Eric, what are your thoughts on Horrendous Ways, chapter one, two, and three? So my first thought is every time I've listened to it, and I've spent a lot of time trying to figure this out, uh, musically, this feels really familiar to me. And I don't know... I can't quite put my finger on it. So it's the thing I'm talking about is there is sort of a reversed swell, like an organ swell or strings swell in the first minute ish of the song. And then it comes back for the hook. And then at the end of the song. And I feel like. That is either taken from or extremely similar to, and I'm trying to think of what artist it was, and I've gone and listened to multiple songs, but I was like, God Lives Underwater or Filter or Nine Inch Nails or Prick or something from one of those industrial bands back in that Uh mid-90s era. That sound is so uniquely familiar to me that I'm like, I think that's in another song somewhere. I might be wrong on that. I don't know. You're probably thinking of this filter song. This is a song that tells the stories of three people that die in horrendous ways. It makes me think that we're going to get a horrendous ways chapter four, five, six, and seven, eight, nine, somewhere down the line, maybe. The first seven story, of nine. Seven of nine. The first story he tells, I'm actually familiar with. I saw there's a, a YouTube series about people dying in tragic ways like this. And it was about this guy getting caught and stuck down in a a cave, these little tunnels that you have to climb through and slide through on your stomach and stuff. And what Jay is describing here is beat for beat what happens to this guy and they have to get him out and they're going to have to break his legs to pull him out of the thing. But because of the position that he was in, his heart gave out and all this stuff is a very scary story. And then the second story is about people that jump into a lake to swim, but the bottom or lake, maybe it's probably not a lake. It has to be the ocean or maybe a very large lake because they talk about the tide coming in, but they're standing in it and their feet are sinking in. And the woman is sinking essentially in the soft under base of of the lake or whatever. I've actually had this happen to me. I was on Ruby Beach. The tide was out. So I was out by the rocks looking at starfish and crabs and stuff. And I'm standing there and didn't realize that I am slowly sinking in sand. And I turned to walk away and realized I couldn't move. And I started to panic, but somebody was able to grab my hand and pull me out. 
Right. <laughs> I would have been in shitty shape, though, if somebody wasn't coming. I could have been stuck there. But this this woman dies because she's sinking and they try to give her something to breathe through. Um, but she she dies. There is a line that I don't like where she says or they say the the water isn't quite up to the crack of her pussy. And I was like, Ugh, that's yeah, a- I made a comment there where if I were the person trying to help and she screams out, I'm sinking all the way through damn near to the crack of my pussy. Help me. I probably would have just said, nah, you're good right there. <laughs> this is where you're supposed to be. <laughs> no, you're this is actually where you're supposed to be. Yeah. That verse grosses me out though, because the muddy, soft ground at the bottom of a lake is such a a oh, gross out yeah. and panic inducing thought. Uh, if you've ever been in Grapevine Lake, that's the way it is. Oh, it, yeah. I'm thinking about it and it's grossing me out. Um we've got that hook in between each one. And it's fine, except there's that gang vocal, that horrendous ways. It just feels off to me. It does not feel Mm. like it fits. There's something wrong with it, and I don't like that. The third verse is about a guy that uh, live streams himself free climbing buildings and doing chin-ups, and the chin-ups are part of his like signature thing at the top. Uh, And he tries to climb the tallest building in Japan, but he's too exhausted to do the chin-ups and falls to his death. Musically, I like this song. I, I like the... Slight musical change ups they do for each verse. And even there's like this uh, at the end of a verse, like these chaotic, like dubstep, like Transformers transforming sounds. It feels abrupt and a little bit panicky, but I think it has a place because it's sort of how that person's life ended in an abrupt panic as well. So it kind of works there. Uh, There's a lot that works about this song. There's a lot that doesn't work about it for me. What did you think? Yeah, I uh, I really enjoy this song for the the storytelling, and I hope that we get a four, five, and six, and uh, seven, eight, and nine. I I think that these are actually pretty fucking cool. Uh, this was my first note was if "Dumb Ways to Die" was a song. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's not necessarily on the surface level. It seems like that, but it's not necessarily that. It's people going about a normal day that they feel like. Like this is their normal. You know, this is normalcy to them. The the first story, you're right. True story, by the way. And thank you, uh, chubby crybaby on Genius for annotating the story on Genius because I I had no clue that was a based on a true story. So I need to look at Genius more. The only time I go to Genius is if there's something that I'm like, what are they? What is he saying there? I didn't catch mm-hmm. that. And I don't always look at the annotations, so I didn't even know that was annotated there. Yeah, it was. So John Jones was a cave explorer who this is based on. He fell in the Nutty Putty Cave in Utah. Yeah. okay. uh, Was wedged between two sides of the cage and he was unable to be free. Does not say a year, but I I think the body's still in there. Yikes. Here's my question. Fucking fuck the cave. Get a jackhammer in there and, and get him the fuck out. Yeah, I think what, what was going to happen is if they tried to do something like that, it was going to cave in. And they were like on a time restraint, like we have to do this fast because we don't right. have time to fuck around. And I think they just closed it down. They just were like, nobody goes in this cave anymore. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, th- this th- all of these ways to die are awful. I would not want to die any of these ways. Um, another thing I want to point out is this is the second m- name drop of someone named Stewie. Uh, so this must be some sort of recurring character hmm. uh, because Stewie was the person in um, Family uh, Guy. He was in Bloody Sunday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same Stewie. Who knows? Yeah. This song 
it's cool i i like this song i really want to hear more of of this i think the chorus doesn't necessarily work i love the beat changes and the little uh you're right the little things they add in the beat to help with the story this is a great story-based 2020s era violent j song this, this is i i like it a lot yeah. i i took me a listen to come around on it but once i really sat with it and and listened to the the lyrics and i, I mean verse three free climbing people just stress just watching people like that just get my blood pressure to a dangerous point i, I just can't Verse three is a very mighty death pop kind of thing. The first two yeah, yeah. are not people doing things that should be inherently dangerous. Like the the framing of the first verse is, hey, we used to play in these caves all the time when we were kids. Let's go back there and do it again. Not thinking yeah. I'm going to do something daredevilish or whatever. The second one is we're driving by the I don't know what he says there, the lake or something. Let's go jump in. OK, that's a normal thing. People do that, you know. Yeah. That guy at the end clearly doing something oh, yeah. that could, you know, be dangerous. Daredevil. He definitely the only daredevil of the trio yeah. for sure. Yeah. But musically, I love the music to this song. I, I really yes. it really works for me. Badass. All right. Well, let's move on to track 10. This one was another uh, single. This was the Hallow Wicked single, I believe. This one's called Something's in My Room. What did you think? So this is about like Violent J basically just being alone in his room, but he's feeling like a presence is there. There's something in his room. Uh, doesn't know if it's a missus or a mister, um, but he's he's trying to like communicate with it, but he's also trying to like make it light. It seems like at times in order to help himself get comfortable with the fact that something's in his room. Does that make sense? If there's actually something in his room. If there's something in his room, of course, but like mentally, violent j it's he's convinced inside his head there's something in my room yeah and so in his head he's he's now he's doing some things in this song to try and lighten that a little bit uh like i suggest we strip strip nude and play a game of twister uh we can do pilates watch uh karate movies whatever that that line that you just mentioned so there are slight changes from the Hallow Wicked version, just a little bit in the lyrics. And he had like a, a Halloween thing at the end. But that specific line, I was positive the first time I listened to it that he said, we can do Pilates and watch karate. And there was no movies there. And I remember listening to it and thinking, the fuck we can watch karate like are, mm. at a tournament. What are they talking about? Now, I talked to Mustard and Mustard said, no, movies was in the original version. That's very strange to me, but I could have sworn it was different. But they did. He did change some of the lyrics in like the end of the last verse, basically. Verse three. I think it's I think it's verse three. Yeah, because the, the lines I called out were in verse two. Right. No, but I'm just saying there oh, are additional I, changes I, I got, elsewhere in the song. Yes. No, those actually those changes are annotated on uh, Genius. The original 2022 Hollowicked single uh, Violent J ends with, are you slender man? Did you crawl out through my mirror? You're so tall and thin. Uh, that's crazy. Same can be said of my wiener. Uh, <laughs> on this one, it's, but I'm not afraid of you. Hell no, I'd be happy to die as long as you're fucking no, you're coming with me. Come on, let's ride partner. Yeah. And it, there was also like a, a happy Hallowicked outro on the original yes, version. Uh, yeah, the, there was on the. the yeah. yeah, I like I like this. So I, I think it's OK. There's some sort of beat change at the very end, which is it's kind of like weird. It's a beat change 
in the outro before we go into track 11, but it doesn't match the beat of track 11. So it's not like one of those types of beat changes, you know, mm-hmm. it's just kind of a strange beat change. But the I, I want a whole song of that beat change. I think it's fucking phenomenal. There's like crows. Well, there's crows all throughout this song, but like crows calling and shit. Badass. I think the beat is cool. Uh, you know, other than that part, I think the beat is cool. I, yeah, I think this is pretty fucking solid. What are your thoughts? Uh, my first thought was, did this song get left off Yum Yum's lure? Because it totally feels like something that would have fit there just fine. Uh, I feel like we've heard songs with similar themes multiple times in the past, but I think this one works. You know, I think it does it pretty, pretty well, I guess. And uh, it's it's kind of telling a story, but then it gets to a point. You mentioned verse two. Verse two is a verse that could have been in Scatterbrain, too, because it's so all over the place. Let me give it give you this part of it. Yeah. Some things in my room, a missus or a mister. I suggest we strip nude and play a game of Twister. We can do Pilates. We can watch karate movies. We can pick up dead bodies. Maybe even do some naughties. Ooh, says my Ouija board. Let's grab two extension cords. I say we hang ourselves by our necks and be other side explorers. Father might make hot muffins with big round blue blueberries. It's rare I knock on his coffin. His mood is often very scary. What just happened there? The the end of that is baffling. Like, it's, I the guess whole thing the, is baffling, the first but... part kind of goes <laughs> together, but it's so random. And then it gets to the father might make hot muffins with big round blue blueberries. What? what yeah, that's, what's happening? That's where you lost. Uh, me. So in the original version of this song, I you know, when you when you listen to this version, because I only listened to the first one once and then I listened to this one a few times and I'm like. Is he talking about Slenderman? And then when you go back and look, you're like, oh, okay, there was a direct Slenderman reference in the original version of it. So this song is about a, a friendship between Jay and Slenderman. I, I, I don't. The song's kind of fun to listen to, I guess. It's it's decent. Yeah, I think it's pretty fun to listen to. I I wouldn't put it as like a, an amazing Violent Jay song, but it's it's it exists and it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on. To the next song originally when trying to type out my notes on my phone uh this was autocorrected to the burger <laughs> but i had to change it back to the herter right uh eric what are your thoughts so this song starts with this really cool circus calliope beat and i was like stoked i'm like all right let's fucking go and then that immediately ended and i was like oh okay never mind <laughs> uh now luckily it comes back for the hook too bad. I think the hook does not sound good over that music. Oh, well. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of this song. And it's not so much because I don't like the content or music. I, I don't really like the content of this. I just don't think any of this song really came together to work or sound good. The hook sounds bad. The bridge sounds like the aliens from Toy Story going, the claw. The like every time i hear it that's what i think of it's it's kind of a song about violence for the sake of violence and i don't like the term the herder it just feels linguistically wrong to me it doesn't feel good uh it feels it does feel kind of like a, a seeds of yum yum track and that's not a terrible thing like if this had been on wicked vic i wouldn't be completely shocked uh but 
you know, it's weird. We are 11 songs in, and this is the first song where I feel like I'm really missing a shaggy verse. Where is he on this song? It feels mm. like we need him on the hook or we point. need him on a verse. Like, this is the first time I've felt like we're lacking that presence because this is a song that feels like he belongs on. Yeah. That's, but that's, I, I don't know. I get that. This is the one song that I was like, eh, I don't know about this one. But what were your thoughts? Yeah, this is a weird kind of chaotic song. Uh, the beat is weird. I really do. I agree. I kind of like that sort of, uh, I don't know how you described it. Like that circus, Calliope Circus. Beat. Yes, yes. Uh, I, kinda, I, I do like that part as well. He does some weird stuff with this beat and like his flows with it. But when the beat settles, he can really like get the groove and, and really rock. And honestly, he impressed me with, with just how he can still flow at, at what? 50 years old now. Uh, hey, it, age it, doesn't matter. Song, you, you can dude, he can still write. He can still flow. Oh no. But even with like everything going on and uh, in, in all the, the physical tolls that he's put on, not necessarily just being 50 years old. No, but just, he he hey listen his he has lived the hard rock star life okay exactly he's lived a hard life he's he's put a lot of strain on his body over the years in, in the lifestyle that he lives and i'm very impressed that he's still has this much technical skill on the mic with with, with going through all that it's, it's great um i there's one part in here that i i had to he rhymes uh seen her with the minister with another Guinness, sir. And I thought that that was great. Uh, that, that was a delight. Great lyrical writing there. I think this song is entirely too long, though. Sure. This song is entirely too long. And I, I feel like maybe I wouldn't think that if I did hear Shaggy in there. I, I hadn't considered that prior to you saying something, Eric. But I think maybe that's I think why a Shaggy that verse would be pretty cool here. Yeah, may, maybe if one of these verses were were taken out and Shaggy had a verse in there, I wouldn't be mad at the length at all. Yeah, this song leaves me wanting for something. Leave you wanting for something. That's a good Yeah. good way to put it. Well, let's move on to our final song, track 12 that will leave you wanting <laughs> for nothing. The last song on the album, A Harrowing Time. What did you think? Great song. Uh, just right out the bat. I, I, I really like this song. This is a great album closing song. So the vibe of this song is very much so Violent J's thoughts separated by a long. I, I, it's it's a chorus, but it's more of like a an interlude, uh, like two longer interludes in between verses. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it, it feels there's some uh, some samples in here all throughout, woven throughout, and it feels very dark. Yeah, it's not a traditionally structured verse, chorus, verse, chorus song. And I love that. It fits the vibe of everything else that came before it. But I feel like this is where it really, really hits what this album is supposed to feel when you get done with it. Right. Like when you feel the uh, what you felt in the intro, the uncomfortableness in the intro, then you mm. go through the entire album. And I feel like this was the greatest. This is a great punctuation point onto it. The beat is phenomenal and the music is phenomenal. I think the samples are done very, very well. Uh, his verses are solid. His singing is on point in this one, too. Yeah, I, think I really so. like his singing. 
uh, on this song. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm pissed off that we're, we got to talk about one more song after this. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm very mad. We have to talk about one more song after this. Cause this is the end of bloody Sunday to me. This yeah. there's, yes. there's no question about it. And it, it, it ends it perfectly. It ends it on a perfect vibe. It's long, but it doesn't, it just, when you sit there with it and you listen to this in a dark room late at night, fuck, you know, yeah. what are your thoughts? I, man, I feel like this is such a logical end to this specific album. It, it's ending on such a dismal and droning note. Musically, this is very reminiscent of the song The Dead One from Ringmaster. I, I wouldn't be shocked mm-hmm. to find that they actually listened to that and said, how do we replicate some of that musically? Because it does pull in uh, almost some like Middle Eastern little samples there and stuff. I like that aspect of it. And at the end of this album, I think the song works really well. When I heard it as a single, when it first dropped, I didn't understand it at all. And I couldn't have imagined liking it. I very much disliked this when I first heard it. It's such, it felt like such a strange choice for a single. Now, hearing it in the context of the album, I understand why this is a single because this is the embodiment of what this is. They probably should have dropped Bloody Sunday as the first single, but this song caps this off. And maybe it's just because I've heard it a few times now, but or maybe it's because it works better as part of an album. But when I first heard it, I'm like, God, this feels so slow. I need to speed it up on YouTube just to listen to it. I don't feel that anymore. I don't feel like it feels slow or weird. This is a song about deciding to take your life And when you do, you go to hell or at least you're in purgatory or something. It's a it's a harrowing time is actually a perfect title because it's about what happens after death. And it's all really terrifying. It's scary stuff. It's weird. And it's not traditional. It's not here is the biblical description of of death or hell. It's very much a a strange description of my coffin is spinning and falling and now there's two bodies in here bumping around, but I don't know which one is mine and like really abstract, scary stuff. And I think this may be the only song I can think of where well, there might be one other one, but Jay mentions Jesus directly at the end. The The hook basically says Satan is like waiting for you, you know, to come. And yeah. at the end, he says, can we do like a can we tap out? Can we do a hot swap and, and you know pray for Jesus to save us some type of thing. You know, the song does feel like it drags on a bit because not much happens in it musically. It's it stays steady. There's no big change ups, really. But as an album album ender or we have to admit as the penultimate song, uh, I think it's fine and it works. Uh, This is the song that I could not have expected after hearing as a single that I would come back and be like, yeah, I appreciate and like this, but it needs to be heard in the context of the album, not as a single. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, this song definitely needs the rest of the album 
before it to yeah. fully set in. Awesome. Well, you ready to move to the last track? Yeah. Let's get to it and let's get it over with. Uh, track number 13, Some Good Pussy. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I understand why he wanted 13 tracks, right? Okay. I get it. It's a spooky album, 13 tracks, but this shouldn't be here. I will say I do kind of like that Jay is in a place where he feels like he's able to talk about dressing up in women's clothes and liking the way it feels. Uh, I, I think that's that's growth. That's progress. He's not talking about hating on somebody because they're gay or different or whatever. Right. So uh, I think that's cool. But the overall way that things are phrased and delivered here just doesn't work for me. You know, I, I wish he had taken a slightly different angle, taken the song in a different direction. It's it's not good, but it's still not the worst song that we've heard from J.R.I.C.P. Oh, yeah. I, I do think that it's fine that this exists. I would have liked to hear him take it a little bit different way. And instead of, yeah, maybe it's fine what he did, but not put it on the album. Go ahead and drop it as a single. Drop it as the Hello Wicked single because it's about dressing up and becoming somebody else for a moment. You know, that's fine. But, uh <sighs> I don't know. Did he did he think that ending with harrowing time would have made for too dark of an album? Maybe I I would have liked that personally, but I, I guess I'm going to take the win where I can get one because I will take this over him lobbing homophobic slurs. But what are your thoughts? Oh, yeah, this is way better than uh, if he would have taken this and made fun of somebody who wanted sure. to feel comfortable wearing and wearing women's clothes. Right. Like this the, already a good step in the, in the right direction. Right. Right off the bat. That being said, just a content aside for a second, this is like, I mean, I hate the music. I hate the vibe Same. of it. I hate it's, the, it's like, Violet it's J, country, the country singer. Twang yes. yes. Bullshit. And yeah. I, this could have been a very, like, this could have been about anything else. And I still would have fucking Same. not liked it. Same. But um, again, personal preferences, y'all. Uh, <laughs> but I don't, and, and I'm all for Violent J feeling comfortable about talking about something like this. And I like I I agree with you. I wish it would have gone in a different direction than just be, because Violent J says himself, this song is an, about a ninja so obsessed with his girl. He starts wanting to dress like her and become her. Uh, and he believes he's fine as fuck. And then he tacks on at the end of that. By the way, this is on. This is uh, thank you, Mustard, for putting this on Genius for me. Uh, this was on Twitter that he wrote this, but uh, tacked on to the end of that. He said, you want dark shit? The album's a monsoon of dark. Enjoy humor while you still can. And that brings up okay. an interesting point that I that I have. And that is ICP and the ICP camp in general has a real issue and always has a real issue of short sightedness when it comes to releasing things. Yes, you release this single ahead of the album that's going to be a monsoon of dark and to enjoy the humor while you still can. But I don't think he now realizes that his album that is a monsoon of dark now has a punctuation mark of this ridiculous song that doesn't fit the album whatsoever. Yeah, and if maybe, you that's have the, maybe that's the message, though. But if you want to have something light like that, like put this as track four, get it out of the way. <laughs> I still think release this as a non-album single. 
Oh, the 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 best thing in the world would be release it as a non-album single. If you really want 13 tracks, though, move this to four. Uh, I know that that would have been worse. I think if you're going to put it somewhere, don't break up the album. Just throw it at the end if you're going to do it. I don't. But if you're going to throw it, but the throwing it at the end. See, but when you're listening to an album and you get through a harrowing time, you have like no, no chance to sit in it and sit in the album before having to immediately rush to turn this off because it's on now. You know what he should have done at the end of harrowing time. 20 minutes of silence and this is a hidden track (laughs) no no um this this song feels very i don't want to say tone deaf but it's it manages not to be completely tone deaf i think it it manages not to be completely tone deaf and eric i'm gonna say something i'm gonna let your you use your editing discretion uh, to cut it out if it sounds too mean. This song sounds like uh, it was written by a man who hasn't had a meaningful relationship with a woman for over 20 years. Um, Maybe, or it maybe sounds like a man who had a meaningful relationship and lost it, and now he's obsessing about that. And that it's, too. it's presenting in very strange ways. Maybe that's not strange. Maybe that's not strange. Maybe that's a... Uh, a reasonable feeling or emotion to have if you've lost a relationship. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see that. I just, I don't understand the, the need, like the deep down need to make this song. Where'd that come from? I I think that's where I, I don't understand. But again, I will say the very fact that Jay is willing to, Admit and explore, even in a humorous way, although he never backpedals. He never goes, no, nah, I'm just kidding, or that's not really me, or I would never do that. But admit and explore that he has a, a feminine side or feelings in that direction at all, or even thinks about it or has enough thoughts to write a song about it. I think that that's interesting, at least. I don't like the song. I don't. I will not go back and listen to it because I don't like the way it sounds, and I don't like the fact that instead of getting deeper into the why or that how he feels about it or this feels right to me or good or it's about being i'm a good piece of pussy too just like you and i'm like well okay that's the j still coming through but yeah i don't know right i, I i'm yeah, torn on yeah. it. i'm torn on it because there's a part of me that's like awesome and hopefully hopefully it pisses some people off that normally listen to them and they're like, fuck this. And hopefully it changes the minds of some people that would be pissed off and they go, well, maybe that's fine. Maybe I don't need to yeah. be angry about that type of concept. Maybe it's OK to have those feelings or thoughts and maybe it's OK if other people do and I don't need to be upset about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm I hope that that happens. Uh, but there's also a plethora of other things out there that could have elicited that response from them. Yeah, that's better I think than this. <laughs> could have been done better. Could have been done better. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't um, want to. I don't. I'm not trying to come to the song's defense, but I do want to at least course, point out that aspect. And I think that's a valid thing to point out. Absolutely. Uh, I absolutely agree with that. We ready to move into our uh, <laughs> overall thoughts? Yes. Yeah. I'm just gonna. You know what? I feel like this overall thought section might be a little bit more of a free flowing conversation. I feel like a lot of these tracks were a little bit more of a free flowing conversation than yeah than uh, normal. But 
like this overall thoughts are going to be a little bit of a free-flowing conversation. I just want to, I guess I'll start out with, I'm, I agree with you. I'm so happy we did not do a first listen react because if we would have, uh, we wouldn't have fully understood this album and we wouldn't, and you're right. We would have had an episode out for weeks of us probably hating on this thing. Right. We would have taken it for, for face value. Yeah. To, to thank you for saying token, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. This album is not an immediate banger. This is not something that, uh, you know, I don't think a lot. I think for a lot of people, most people, this wasn't something that you immediately recognize or fell in love with. I think this was a two, three, four listen to yep. type of thing. And, and just like you were are you saying about a harrowing time, having to need needing the con needing the context of the rest of the album with it to fully appreciate it. All of these songs, really, you kind of need the rest of them around them to fully understand. And that's cool. I like that. I think that's, that's, that's super cool. The fact that your album is conceptually, uh, you know, the vibe that you put for your album is conceptual, so conceptually like specific that you need to have, you need to listen to it as an album rather than being able to just chop and screw and pick up whatever songs you want and put yeah. on a playlist or whatever. But um, also it's an album that is not attempting to gain any mainstream attention. It's not no. trying to drop videos and singles the way even Yum Yum felt like this is still ICP, but we're still going to make songs that maybe might get some attention on your TikToks or people you might, might find hear it on a radio. Or, you right. might hear it. On, yeah. This album doesn't feel like that anywhere or like that was even an effort or a thought. No, this felt like this was something that at the end of the day, this felt like something Jay wanted to work on and put out and fuck mainstream and anybody outside of the people that are already really fucking with us. Right. Yeah. It, no, no real thought about uh, the oh, the mainstream palette of, of everybody right. else. And, and, and that's that's good. Yeah, I think, you know, so. that's not a knock against him. I, I think that artists. That really, you bring up a good point. That brings up a good distinction of artists that have those albums that they can put out uh, that they know is are, are going to get mainstream success, and also have the stuff that they really fucking uh, care about, but but not necessarily, well, not necessarily that they don't care about the stuff that they're putting out to the mainstream audience, right? But uh, they they have this stuff that they know is not going to be mainstream but they're going to put it out anyways because they have to put it out. It's in the it's inside of them that they have to put this out. I feel you like know? it's an album that Jay made for Jay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that uh, in that right, it's fucking awesome. There, There's a lot of problems. There's a lot of bad uh, with this album. But I think every time you listen to it and you peel back a layer and you spend some time with the full album, you peel away some of that that bad that you've originally thought you know yeah. that happened to me every single listen yep uh I, there was something that i specifically hated and i would go back in my notes and i would backspace 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 and i'd type out a new thought about it because i i under finally understood it or it, i was coming around on it yeah um so you said your overall thoughts ended in a question mark though so yeah what, and my question, question my question is I guess my question is about re-listenability. Am I ever going to want to re-listen to this all the way through again? 
or am I going to kind of forget this, that this exists because there's not really outside of putting two tracks on our playlist. There's not really a handful of songs that I think, okay, I'm going to toss this on another playlist that I listen to all the time that I want to fuck with and, and stuff like that. Like I, I, I have, I feel like most everything we listen to, I'm like, all right, I know that I like the, these two, three songs and I'm going to go back and listen to these often. Yeah. Even on our bad ones, even, even the stuff that we don't fuck with a lot. It's just this album. I think for the first time, I, I, I have to depend on the entire album for my enjoyment of anything in it. And so is that good or bad is the question. Is that, is that to its benefit the, or detriment? Yes, that is, that is the question. Is that conceptually um, an um, amazing genius thing to do or is that uh, bad? Okay. Well, let me deliver a, a dissertation that may or may not indirectly answer your question. And we'll, we'll talk after I dump my thoughts here and see if it helps you to understand your thoughts anymore. Perfect. So going into this, I was really nervous because I didn't know how to talk about or review this album. I feel like this is an album that sees Jay in a really vulnerable place at this stage in his life and career. And I feel like we've gotten to know him through the music and this community that surrounds him through the show and through our friends and feeling close to them, to him, to the community, to the music. It felt for me like it was going to be hard to be critical of this album because it almost feels like we would be kicking him when he's down. Now, love or hate this album this is a real portrait of where Jay is in his life right now. After a long and exhausting road filled with joy and success, but also with challenges, some of which he brought upon himself, others that he didn't, but for all of which he's clearly paid the price physically and mentally. Now, if that's not relatable, then I guess you should probably count yourself to be very fortunate. But I think you hear it in this whole album, the good songs, the bad songs, the songs that feel like he's trying to hold on to or is unwilling to let go of the concepts and ideas that worked for ICP in the past. You can hear it in his strained and changing voice in his lyrics. It's really everywhere on Bloody Sunday, even in the places where I don't think he intended for it to be. So I'm sure there are people that listen to this and on the surface just heard it purely at face value, who maybe said it's derivative or it doesn't stand up to the old shit or Jay's voice doesn't sound good. But I think all of those things make this album what it is. It's a snapshot of Jay's life in this moment. It also makes for a certain feeling of sadness, like you feel bad listening to it in some capacity to hear him in the place that he's in. Now, when it comes to the album, we talked about the fact that there are no guest features. There's no Shaggy popping in on a hook. There's no Jump Steady on the intro. There's no nothing. It's all just Jay. And I think that when you talk about an album that feels lonely and isolated, that's an aspect that adds to it. I think this is a release that's far more transparent than a lot of ICP and Violent J releases in the past. I think Jay's great at playing characters. And usually his personal feelings and views come through in some way, but on this album... I think there's a lot more Jay just working through his life and feelings and emotions and situation right now. And if all of this is an act and none of it is rooted in the chaos that he's lived through this past couple of years, then he's probably the greatest actor alive because it really feels like you're hearing Jay in there. And as much as this has modern yum yum era vibes musically, it also has classic ICP and early Lotus vibes. Now, is that good? I don't know. Is it bad? 
I also don't know. It's hard to listen to at times, especially in the moments where you can hear the pain in Jay's voice. That's when it gets real, right? Speaking of his voice, I think a lot of people, including us, have talked about how his voice has changed in the last few years. And on this album, mm-hmm. it's super apparent, right? In my my first instinct was he sounds bad. But over my listens, I started to realize that that gruffness and the strain and the exhaustion actually adds to the album, I think. It's like you can hear every minute of his life in his voice at this point. And it takes a song like No Friends to a completely different place. It, it wouldn't be the same if he had recorded this song 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it would have felt like an act, right? It wouldn't have felt genuine. If his voice sounded polished and perfect, it wouldn't be the same song. Uh, there's pain, right? There's there's years. There's the weight and wear of his life in his voice. And it, it changes, right? Some people are going to hate that. And they're not going to like that I'm even saying this, but I think it enhances the feel and tone of the album. Now, with that out of the way, I think it's it's a pretty dark album, but a lot of these songs have simple droning beats. And I, I'm not saying it needs upbeat stuff, but yeah, it does start to feel a little samey and it does start to drag a bit. I also feel pretty strongly that this album runs one song too long. A Harrowing Time should have been the final track, as we discussed. I, I think depending on his reasoning and meaning, and I, I just don't think it fits the feeling to put some good pussy at the end. Yeah, but it could have taken this whole concept in a much different and sadder direction. Really, what it what it comes down to is overall, I hope people are checking in on Joe and letting him know that he's loved and supported. Not Jay, not violent Jay. I'm talking about people that are close to Joe Bruce. His real friends and family are there for him. Right. And yeah, honestly, I hope that for everyone. Like if you're listening to this. Check in with your friends and family today. Tell them you love them. And if you don't have anybody to check in on or who's going to check in on you, then let us tell you right now that you're loved and appreciated by us. And we're glad that Absolutely. you're here. So that's what I came away from this album with. I know that was a lot. I know that was a lot of things to say. But yeah, no, all all good stuff, though. All valid, uh, valid and, and good thoughts. And, and I want to thank you for helping me gather my thoughts a little bit more just as we were talking through the album as well uh i, I think that we're mostly in agreement yeah uh, and by the way eric i love you i love you too and man. i hope you're doing well i i am and i appreciate it. you checking on me all the time man i so do i, I, I like you. checking in on you you're my yeah. favorite person to check in on oh thanks <laughs> Not that I listen, uh, other people out there that I check in on. It's not that I have a whiteboard ranking or anything. It's a cork board. <laughs> <laughs> I have your faces and I have a little yarn going to mm-hmm. uh, a ranking system. We got to talk about personal favorite tracks. Okay. Let's now, try. I know what I feel like I want to. I, I feel like I have two. Okay. That I could put on the playlist. Maybe three. I really like a harrowing time. And I know that it it has to it has to have the album before it to really get some good context. But fuck, if that is not a solidly produced album ending track. But I also really like in the whole. What are you what are you thinking? This one's tough because there really isn't anything on this album that I'm like, oh, I really hate this or even anything that I'm just like, God, I just truly dislike this. song. there's a couple that I'm like, these didn't do anything for me or I disliked 
you know, aspects of it or whatever. But there also aren't any songs on it that I'm like, man, I truly love this outside the context of the album. And yeah. The one that I think is the is the the standout to me and the embodiment of the album is No Friends. I think Bloody Sunday yeah. could be a good a good one. Scatterbrain 2 is fun, but it's not representative of this album. I don't think it's the pick. No, no. Basically, what it comes down to is I'm fine to put anything but some good pussy or the herder on this playlist. You know, that's that's pretty much around this. Uh, yeah, same. I mean, I wouldn't be mad about anything else because Bloody Sunday, that was going to be my third. I also really enjoy No Friends. I also really enjoy Scatterbrain too, although I, it's not really indicative of this album. I agree. Yeah. Uh, something's in my room is solid. Yeah, I, I could go anyway. Um, I think for myself, I'm just going to executive decision a harrowing time because I, I just I really enjoy okay. that track. Do a harrowing time and no friends then. Perfect. Oh, don't tell Violent J, but I almost accidentally added it to the Twisted With Us playlist. Don't, oh, my God. Don't do that. <laughs> All right, y'all. The ICP, the bear of a playlist. That is ICP with We official playlist at 146 songs, 10 hours and 41 minutes. Hell yeah. I love it. And by the way, we we added 10 minutes today to that that track listing because each song that we added was a little over five minutes each. Yeah, because we were at 1031 before. So now we're at 1041. Hey, oh. Hell yeah. It's time to score. This is going to be <laughs> so hard because I don't I objectively. I feel like the numbers are going to lie on this one. That, that's all I'm going to say is I feel like the numbers are going to lie on this. I one. don't know how to score this album because it's an album of such precarious nature. <laughs> like I don't this yeah. is not I don't know what how to score it, but we'll try. Ah, uh, this is <laughs> you know what? I think I think a couple a couple a couple sections are going to save it. I'm, I'll start with music and beats. I think that this was really well produced musically and, and the beats. There wasn't a lot that I hated as yeah. far as the music goes. Um, I, I think that Kuma and Devereaux and, and I saw even like one or two tracks were listed as is produced by Violent J. But I, I think that they did a great job with the music and beats. Everything they have in here uh, was fits with the vibe of uh the entire album. I, I think that they did a really good job. Music and Beats, I, I went ahead and gave a four because I feel like they, they really hit the nail on the head with that one. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the music and beats are a strong part of this album. There's There are a few that maybe don't stand out on their own, like, wow, what a great beat. Uh, but there's no, I don't think musically there's anything really bad on this album except for some good pussy, which I don't like. But uh, the worst thing is some of the stuff that's done over the beats that detracts from them. So I went with a three and a half. Hell yeah. Lyrics and flows. Uh, here's where you're kind of losing me a little bit. There's a lot of things in here that are great. There are a lot of things in here that uh, were not so great, whether it be lyrically or sonically. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think some of the singing and some of his yeah. even some of. Uh, his delivery on the verses uh, on at times were were a little rough. Yes. Um. And and although this is, I mean, night and day difference on some of the some of the songs that have singing in it. Like I said, a harrowing time has some gorgeous, beautiful vocals on it. Mm -hmm. But there's there's other stuff on there that just it sounds like it, it's flat. It's 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 off, and it just it needed a little bit more uh, TLC in the studio. 
Uh, Lyrics and Flows, I went ahead and, and gave a two and a half. I think it's like directly middle of the road. I think that the good and the bad sort of balance them out, uh, yeah. balance each other out on that. Uh, see, it's tef- difficult for me because I talked so much about how all the aspects of this album, love or hate them, go together to make this album what it is. And I don't think the album would work without it. So if there's some rough or strange lyrics or some rough singing or bad delivery, most of that stuff, most of it, I think, goes together to help make this album feel the way it does. There's a few places where I'm like, OK, we we could have fixed that or done better there. Uh, it needs a little help. I, I didn't know where to go with this one because overall, I, I like it. It's <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Three, three. I'm going to go three. Hell yeah. I, it, I think that's fair. That's not far off from where I was at. I like that. Yeah, I, I could have gone a little higher, maybe. I don't know. I don't. I, I could have gone a little lower too. I don't know. Yeah. So three. Right. I'm just gonna stick with three. Okay. Re-listenability. This one is a category. It sure is. Uh, that exists on our score sheet, and we have to score it. Unfortunately, and I, I wrestled with this one. I wrestled with this one so hard because conceptually. I don't know if I'm going to re-listen to this too much again, but I'm not going to have a bad, I'm not going to have a horrible time if I do re-listen to it again. That's the thing is that it's not a bad thing to re-listen to. It's just something that I don't know if I'm going to return to often because of just what it is as an album. I think I'm going to say what you're saying, but in a different way. So I'll be curious to see what your score is. Fuck. Um, I, I I think the fair score is a three. I think the fair score is a three. You know, it's again, that's above average. Y'all remember two and a half is is dead down the middle. That's above average. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to return to this a lot, but when I do and when I'm in the mood to return to this, I'm going to have a decent time. I'm going to like it. I'm going to turn it off after track 12. I think you just kind of nailed it. When I think about this album, it's a no skip album. I I would listen to all the tracks all the way through without skipping it. However, I don't know what mood I'd have to be in to go. This is what I want to turn on and listen to. There we go. Yep. Um, so is it re-listenable? Yes. Do I want to come back and listen to it? I don't know. Uh, 3.5. I like that. I like a 3.5. Okay. Yeah. Overall vibe. I feel like this is where it's going to uh, save the album for me. Mm-hmm. Because the the overall vibe on this is pretty immaculate. Um, you're right. This, this, it, well, this is a one skips album, but it's just a turn off early album. Yeah. Uh, you know, everything on here, it fits with even, even if it doesn't like sonically fit with the theme lyrically, when you dig down into it, lyrically, it does. And it's great. Uh, overall vibe. I, I went ahead and gave a four and a half because I think that the, the vibe on this one is, is really strong. All right. Well, uh, I feel pretty much the same. I, you know, there were things initially that I was like, I don't know if this fits. And then when I listened to it more, I'm like, no, this all this all fits together. I went with a four because I think the overall vibe is solid here. Hell yeah. All right. So that brings our score to a perfect 3.5 Fagos out of five. And I don't think that number lies. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I agree with you. I don't think that number lies either.
we talked about in our previous episode about Freak Show. And I said, Freak Show is a better album than it is grouping of songs. And I feel that way about this. I think the album yeah. might deserve a higher score than 3.5. The grouping of songs, I think 3.5 is right. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah. Good way of putting it. Perfect. Well, speaking of Twisted. Yeah. Next week, we're going to be reviewing Twisted's 2001 album, Cryptic Collection 2, worthy of an erection 2. We'll see. <laughs> uh, an, er- an erection or two or also? Uh, worthy of an erection as well as oh, okay. whatever else you got going on. Yeah. Um, I'll be eager for you to hear that. I'm excited to get into that one. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. I've really been enjoying the uh, the Twisted with us episodes uh heavily y'all thank you so much for for hanging out with us on on this icp with we episode this has been fantastic as well i know that some people are probably going to want to tell us that we're wrong about this (laughs) or or tell us that we took something uh differently than they did and by the way anytime y'all hit us up and, and give us your uh thoughts about a specific song that we reviewed or a differing opinion about sort of what we think on a song and, and offer your perspective on it. It's one of my favorite things about this podcast. Please yeah. keep doing that. Yeah. I, I love getting into those conversations, whether it be on the discord, uh, whether it be through Instagram DMS, uh, Twitter DMS, uh, wherever emails. I love it. Keep doing that. And, and Eric, where can people do all of that? I'll tell you what, you can find links to all of those things, our Discord, Instagram, Twitter, email. Uh, you can even find our merch store and Patreon all on our website, icpwwe.com. Hit up that site, click those links, join the community, talk back to us. We deserve it. We deserve some talk back. We deserve well, some back sass from you. Well, don't talk. Listen. Talk back at your own risk, because I will slap you the fuck out of you. You know what I mean? But <laughs> I didn't mean it like we deserve uh, your praise. I meant like, you know, your your mom's like, don't you back talk to me. Don't back sass. I'm like, no, you go ahead. Back sass us. We probably said some stupid shit that we deserve some back sass. So give it to us. I'll take some back sass. Yeah. But I, I'll, I will smack you upside the head like your mother. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I would also like to take an opportunity to say thank you to our dear, dear over the shoulder boulder holders, our patrons who continuously uh, have been amazing uh, supporters. Thank you so much. Viron, Corey, Blade, Pino Owino, Scotty, Robbie, Austin, Baba Man, Chuck and Andrew. We appreciate the continued support. And by the way, y'all, if you want to be part of our Patreon, it's only three dollars a month and you get some exclusive stuff. You have an, we have an exclusive discord channel and in that discord channel, we post exclusive bonus content from yeah. other episodes. Every episode you get an ex- some exclusive content. Sometimes you get an entire bonus episode. Yeah. Last week we put out a three hour episode or no, we last week we put out a three and a half hour episode. <laughs> it was three and a half hours. Yes, right? It was. Okay, I still have not even tackled the last half hour of that yet. I'm going to listen to it on my oh, get to it. way to the grocery store. Um, last week, we put out a three and a half hour episode, and then we put out like an over 20 minute bonus episode. Yeah, almost a half hour in, bonus. That's four full hours of, of content uh, if you're a patron. Yeah. $3 a month. 
And that was only for one week's episode. That's and I'll crazy. tell you what, your money doesn't go to anything other than helping us to pay for publishing and making this podcast happen. Absolutely. Everything that uh, that gets put into it uh, absolutely goes back to yeah. continuing running the show and uh, and making it better. So yeah. thank you guys so much for your support. We really appreciate it. And uh, until next time, for Eric, I'm Aaron. Big old whoop whoop. We'll see ya. Whoop I love this show because we know what to say at the end. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's not a big question mark. Right.